Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. There we go. Didn't have the mic on. Welcome to the Todd Huff Show. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Apparently not knowing how to turn the microphone on today, but that's okay. We will get down to business, and it is good to be here. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. We're on social media. I don't even want to go through that anymore. I don't want to talk about stupid YouTube changing the rules. I don't want to talk about that, but we may or may not be on there at the moment. I do just I just want to say sorry for those that listen on, on social media. I want to apologize because God only knows what we're going to be dealing with. Um, I, I strongly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter just because – and or download the podcast or listen on the radio because it's just a matter of time before these jokers turn, you know, permanently – uh, get rid of get rid of our our channels on YouTube, on Facebook, or wherever else. Shadow banning, deplatforming, whatever else they're up to. But I don't want to get into that. I want to start today. Well, I'll tell you email address, Todd at com. But I want to start today um, by talking. There's a couple of things that have truly entertained me today. I've got Jim Shudo, who used to work for the Obama, excuse me, O'Biden-Bama administration out there giving us some analysis of the Putin-Biden handshake prior to the, the, have you seen this? Putin-Biden summit. They're walking out there. They're shaking hands. It is truly remarkable. Remarkable what Jim Shudo had to say about this. I'm going to play this for you. On, you know, on Fridays, we try to catch up on some things, and then we also, I don't know, maybe try to get a little bit into the lighter stuff. It's not just it, stuff that's maybe brings a chuckle to you. And this, I think, should do it. So you got Biden flying over there to meet with Putin. Remember this a couple days ago? We had you know the press conference. We had Biden getting on a reporter for asking a certain question about why Biden thought that Putin would change his behavior and said he didn't think he would change. He didn't say that. He just thought if the was just saying if the rest of the world would stand up against Putin that he would change his behavior, which seems to me like he's saying he would change his behavior. Anyway. Had all this stuff, this this mess, so to speak. I mean, it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing that the press conference where Biden took seven or eight seconds to respond to a question when he was in complete silence. Um, what about? Um, there's just so much. Of course, you got Kamala. We've got inflation. We've got unemployment. The numbers are worse every time they release initial numbers now they're 
updating numbers and telling us that you know they didn't more people filed for unemployment than they expected and all this kind of stuff this is just you know what we're in the the policies that are being implemented are not helpful to the united states of america the economy our position of strength in the world whatever else but these professionals these so-called professionals in the media like Jim Shudo, who's supposed to be a journalist, again, who worked for the O'Biden-Bama administration, who's now an unbiased journalist, is giving us his interpretation of the Putin-Biden handshake. And I just want you to... <laughs> uh, this is just crazy. To, to even suggest that this is what was going on in this interaction is... should should disqualify anyone from uh, should disqualify Jim Shudo from being able to comment ever again on any political issue because this my friends is absolute lunacy here it is out moments and I'll tell you one moment I noticed there mm-hmm. in the Biden Putin interaction get ready the handshake Biden looked Putin in the eye with a smile Putin looked away <laughs> again you don't want to read too much or too little but but again these are about public posturing it's about how you project strength and that, mm-hmm. that was a notable moment to me as you watched them. Who goes first? Who extends mm-hmm. their hand yes, first? Exactly. Uh, yes, exactly. Biden did hesitation. extend. He did extend. We were waiting to see if there would be that handshake. Uh, and, and there was. And there was that handshake. And it was a significant handshake. It was a good way to start this meeting. And let's see what happens over the next four or five or six hours. And as the, yeah. the, the president of the Swiss Federation. I don't even. This, uh, Putin is scared of Biden. He can't even look him in the eye, folks. <laughs> Biden walks up. Biden. Joe Biden. Does Jim Shudo even know that we know who Biden is? Does Jim Shudo even know that we pay attention to what Biden says or doesn't say uh, at his press conferences or the positions he takes? Does he not realize that we know that this guy didn't even go campaigning, didn't leave his basement, literally did not leave his basement for long periods of time? Jim Shudo thinks that Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin is intimidated by joe biden you've got to be you've got to be kidding me is that what is that what he's implying here vladimir putin is afraid of joe biden just let that sink in folks that is living in a fantasy world beyond fantasy worlds i don't even know you know i've got seven-year-old nine-year-old daughters and there's no way that they would interpret that I got a couple of dogs. I don't, I don't know if they would interpret that. I don't know who on earth, besides Jim Shudo, is even entertaining the possibility that Biden is intimidating to Vladimir Putin. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. By the way, there was something from Putin. I was going to share a couple of, um, I don't know, it's maybe been a couple of months ago. They did some hockey game. I didn't end up sharing it because, I don't know, I just time got away from me. But there was a hockey game where Putin was out there playing. And Putin scored like three or four, three or four goals against these, I think they were professional or, you know, people that knew how to play hockey. And they were letting, they were letting him score. They were letting him score. And it just, it just goes to show that the same, it, the same treatment of Putin in Russian, you know, certain Russian circles or in the media is the same it's the same of how they handle Joe Biden. He wants us to think, uh, Shudo wants us to think that Biden is 
this uh, strong, intimidating figure that even Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin, we're not talking about some weak, uh, you know, just easygoing leader of some, I don't know, I don't want to insult another country, but just in comparison, this is Russia. This is who Russia, Russia is. They they demand that their leaders um, portray strength. This is the home of, you know, historically of people like Joseph Stalin. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on which was it. Uh, one of the Russian leaders, I'm just drawing a blank at the moment, was during the, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis era, pounding his uh, shoe on the podium while giving a a speech at some event or some such thing. That toughness. They 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 want to err on the side of you know strength and all this sort of stuff. Putin's scared of Joe Biden. That's not real. That's not even close to real commentary, folks. Meanwhile, Biden's out there. Biden is literally complaining about the way the media uh, asks him questions. Biden is literally complaining about the questions asked of him by the media. I want you to hear this little exchange. Biden, as he's leaving the summit, as he's leaving the summit, this is after he was yelling at the CNN reporter and just um, the, the whole the whole overseas, I think, fiasco. Just Again, this stuff is largely symbolic, but Shudo wants us to believe that Biden came away looking strong and presidential. I think it came across that we don't know what the world we're doing and that we have a president now who is dramatically weakening America's posture in the world. Now, you don't have to go around, you know, beating your chest, threatening to to go to war with people. That's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, I said this for years now. American weakness is what's provocative to the rest of the world. I think that's that is a truth. That is a fundamental truth. American weakness is provocative. We want to you want to know what provokes Iran? It's American weakness. You want to know what provokes North Korea? It's American weakness. China, American weakness. Putin and Russia, American weakness. That's what that's what uh provokes them. And it doesn't necessarily provoke them. It gives them an, an opportunity. They see as a just as an opportunity to be able to do what they do or do what they want to do, which is so Russia's, for example, off the coast of China right now, or China, Hawaii right now, doing war games, and we've got F-22s that are paying really close attention to what they're doing. It's it's several hundred miles, but it's it's closer than they've been in a long, long time doing something like this. Of course, you know if you follow military news that the uh, the old well, the, the bear bombers, I think. They'll fly those towards U.S. airspace, and it's regular that we have to scramble jets to intercept these bombers, which eventually turn back before crossing into U.S. airspace. But they get they get really close before they do that. And these are the sorts of things that happen, and, uh, and, and they've happened for some time. But again, you want to provoke more of this, just, provo- or, uh, just promote weakness, just show that you're not strong. And the idea that Biden showed that he was strong is completely laughable to me. That being said, Biden thinks that part of the problem is the media is asking too many negative, 
and tough questions on him. I want you to listen to this. You talk about living in a reality that's not, not uh, well, living in a world that's not embracing reality. That's what Biden's living in here as he's complaining about the media not supporting him. The same media, by the way, that was so consumed by the type of ice cream he was eating recently. And when they told him, when he told him chocolate, chocolate chip, they ooed or not. Ooh, maybe some applause. I think there's some applause with that. Leave it to the re- leave it to the media to applaud the president's choice of ice cream flavors. But that same media, here's Biden scolding a reports uh, well, for one of the questions that he asked. This question of whether or not you seem overly optimistic, given that what we all listen to, President Putin essentially say the same old things that he said forever. He, you know, rejecting all responsibility for all that stuff. And I guess the question that he was trying to get, and maybe you could take another stab at it, is what concrete evidence do you have from these three hours, three plus hours, that, that suggests that any movement has been made? Look, to be a good reporter, you got to be negative. You got to have a negative view of life. Okay, it seems to me the way you all, you never ask a positive question. Why, in fact, having agreement? We'll find out. We have an agreement to work on a major arms control agreement. Mm-hmm. I started working on arms control agreements back all the way during the Cold War. If we yeah, could do one in the Cold then. War, why couldn't Stop we do this, one? I can't even. So. He's complaining to reporters. You gotta, you gotta be negative to be a reporter. You gotta have a negative attitude. Is this, by the way? Remember when Trump said stuff like this? When Trump said stuff like this, this was a threat to our democracy. Biden is attacking the media here. Oh, our democracy is hanging in the balance. Oh, just by a thread. Biden is good. This is assault, an assault on the First Amendment. This is just beyond our abilities to to cope with this. Tearing apart the fabric of our society by questioning the media, by telling them they ask such difficult questions. Too too negative. They're too negative. I'll play. You know, we're going to play after the break. Biden being asked about his favorite flavor of ice cream. True story. Oh, well... What flavor did you choose, I guess, was the question. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Ooh, yes. Nice choice, Mr. President. You guys are too hard, too tough, too negative on Joseph Biden. If that's the case, Biden couldn't have survived 0.1 seconds as Donald J. Trump having the treatment that he received in that media. But isn't this the response I'm supposed to have? This is an assault on our democracy. This is an assault on our way of life. This is... Dangerous. This president is is pursuing policies and actions towards the media that are a threat to our democracy and our freedom of speech and our freedom of the press. Press should be up in arms about this, terrified, demanding that the president not insult them. That's how it was with Trump. I'm just we just got to be fair here, and I'm going to take a time out. So sit tight, listening here to conservative, not bitter talk, and I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. This is the media. Here's the media that Joe Biden is 
complaining about for being too negative and too tough on him. Here, here it is. This is Biden outside, and I don't know where this was. It was outside an ice cream shop. He's holding the ice cream cone, which I don't know. Maybe fact checkers should look into this. Maybe we should have fact checkers see if he, in fact, is holding chocolate chocolate chip. And maybe that's why the media gets so excited here. Maybe they were not certain he would get the ice cream flavor right. I don't know. But just listen to listen to this. Biden has a problem with this group of characters. Here it is. Mr. President, what did you order? Chocolate chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. Oh, chocolate chocolate chip. yes. Yes. Chocolate chocolate chip. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. These Again, now I'm not saying it was the same journals or the same pool or what have you, but I am saying that He's complaining about the way journalists ask negative questions, and he literally is being asked his fa- the favorite or the, the the flavor of ice cream he purchased at the little the little ice cream shop. Truly insane. Truly insane that we've gotten ourselves in you know this the hypocrisy here. Again, I don't necessarily care if you ask a, pre- a president his his or her favorite flavor of ice cream, but it's, or what they got outside of an ice cream shop. Okay. But to act as though that was what we were dealing with four years ago with Trump, I asked Oz during the break, do you think there's any, any soundbite where the media is acting like this with Trump? I mean, it's, it's even, I, I blush when I ask the question really, because we all know the answer. And it's it's just it's really pathetic to think that we are, you know, living in such a situation that this is the way this is considered normal. The blatant hypocrisy or double standard, I should say, that exists between these the way that coverage is of each president is crazy. And it's obvious to anyone who wants to see it. And Biden can't take what he's getting from the media now. Just imagine the guy, he wouldn't have been able to stare Putin down if he was getting the the treatment Trump got the media, he got from the media. He wouldn't have been able to lock eyes and make Putin look away. A staring contest, as Jim Shudo tells us we witnessed the other day. Truly delusional things that are being said in the media. Here's Biden. <clears throat> Here's Biden at a press conference after the summit with Putin. And I just want to I just want to draw your attention to this. I thought this was was worthwhile. I didn't get to it yesterday. Again, this is Friday. I want to try to catch up on some stuff and I don't know, just talk about some things that maybe are slightly more lighthearted than than usual as we head into the weekend. We got to you know laughter is the best medicine here. Doesn't mean we don't have serious problems. I'm not saying we shouldn't find serious solutions or you know, make adult decisions as to how we deal with some of this stuff, but sometimes you just got to laugh. So remember during the campaign, remember or even Trump's presidency, he made a statement, America first, America first, and the left lost their mind. What do you mean America first? This is not the way to talk to the, to the rest of the world. And meanwhile, people with sense understood, we realized that what the president was saying is his job is to look first and foremost after the interests of the United States of America. And this may be a news flash to the radical left and to the media and to the leaders of the Democrat Party. But here's, here's something that I think is worth sharing as well. 
the leader of, say, Italy, should look after, brace yourselves here, first and foremost, the interests of the nation of Italy. Senegal. I mean, it doesn't matter what the nation is. Uh, France, Spain, Indonesia, whatever the nation, whoever, whatever the nation, just name one. The, the leader and the leaders of a said nation should, on the international stage or in dealing with other nations uh, you know, in their region or whatever, neighboring states and so forth, they should look first and foremost after the interests of their people. Crazy to have to say that. <laughs> but that's, that's the job. That's the job of an American president. It's one of the reasons why when a radical leftist is in office, we get a little bit nervous because they don't do that. They instead oftentimes apologize for the United States of America. They take blame and responsibility. I'm not suggesting that the United States is without flaws. That's That would be insane. I mean, we're comprised of of people, and all people are, are flawed. But the ideas upon which this nation has been built are fundamentally brilliant and true ideas. The ideas of liberty, the things that give us you know, the, the freedom of speech, the freedom of press, the recognition that you and I are created in the image of God and that we have rights that are given by God to us, not given to us by our government, that we are citizens and not subjects, that we are free to pursue our interests and our life and live our life and do what we want and set our own priorities and all that stuff, live our dreams, right? That's what the United States is at its foundation. It was a radical concept at the time of its founding. And folks, it has transformed the face of this planet as we know it. It has made people prosper. So much prosperity here that people can literally do nothing and still not suffer a tremendous decline because of our social welfare state. I'm not saying that there, you know, that there's not difficulties if if you're surviving in the social welfare state, but there the there's so much of a safety net to where prosperity, the prosperity of the generations that have gone before us and the prosperity of others who are exercising their their liberties and and unleashing their creativity has just created a the rising of all ships it's just it's just what happens even so around around the world and i'm not suggesting there there's real poverty there are real issues and so forth in in this nation um but a lot of people i like to think about certain industries i think about you know we have sports which is entertainment then we have sports talk which is people talking about entertainment then there's People who do like fantasy sports, many of you may do fantasy sports. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying it's a fantasy that's, you know, that is tied to or inspired by, say, even a certain aspect, sports talk. There are, there are sports talk programs that are telling you who to pick for your fantasy league. So there's fantasy leagues that are fueled by sports talk people or fantasy talk people that's based upon an entertainment industry. That's how much prosperity we have to where we can engage, people can have careers. And again, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying there is that much prosperity in this nation because of things um, 
that this nation was founded on. So I'm not, I'm not criticizing, or I just want to point out, I think that the job of a president is to defend those ideas and the people and look out for our interests first. America first, as I said it. Biden didn't like America first. Democrats, you know, pub, you know uh, Democrat officials, leaders in the Democrat Party, other politicians, the media, they didn't like America first. That sounded too mean to our allies and so forth. But it sounds to me, based upon this answer by Joe Biden, that Biden has adopted suddenly when dealing with Putin this idea that America should come first. Sounds like he's hijacked and stolen the soundbite or the, 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 the slogan of America first from Trump. Listen to this answer. Listen to what he said here at the press conference. Now, I told President Putin my agenda is not against Russia or anyone else. It's for the American people. Now, stop. Isn't that exactly what America first is? Isn't that precisely what America First was meant to communicate? The policies of America First were not against, the. in this example, Biden says the Russian people. The, the policies of America were not against any people. They were instead for the American people. I don't see the media flipping out over this answer. I don't even know if Biden knows that he just said America First, but he did. It's exactly what that means exactly what that means. Again, entertaining in one sense to think that a president like Joe Biden, who spent at least part of his time when he wasn't hiding in the basement or talking to a bunch of cars at a rally, honking their horns again from people that have dozed off undoubtedly. I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that's what the honking was, people dozing off and their heads hitting the horns. But Biden's up there during the campaign criticizing the concept of America first when he literally says it here. He literally says it here. Now, whether or not he actually does that and believes that is another another story altogether. But combining this statement with his stare down of Putin that Jim Shido says he won and Putin couldn't even manage the intensity of the eye contact with one Joseph R. Biden, it seems to me, it seems to me that, um, well, that Biden is trying to channel his inner Trump. <laughs> He's trying to trying to win stare downs and handshakes and talking about American first policies without any pushback, without any hysteria in the media. And I think for folks, and, and I know you follow this and you see this, but for the folks that maybe we deal with, maybe people in our neighborhoods or people that we work with or in our family who were so stirred up over Trump and how unpresidential and how dangerous and how scary his rhetoric was, Maybe sometimes just pointing this out, just saying, hey, do you know Biden adopted the America first policy? <laughs> he did. He said he wasn't against the Russian people. He was for the American people. I'm guessing those same people who freaked out that Trump said America first would be okay with this statement when this literally is what America first means. And it's just worth pointing out. And it's also worth pointing out how much the radical leftists media, the fake news media, whatever you want to call them, how much they are able to stir up certain desired emotions in the way in the way that they cover and frame issues and debates and so forth. It's a powerful, powerful force that a lot of folks have no idea that they're being influenced by it. 
quick timeout. Got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. By the way, by the way, I want to point out this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Edwards Equipment. Edwards Equipment in Danville. They sell, rent, service several makes and models of lightweight uh, residential heavy-duty uh, equipment, commercial equipment. EdwardsTractor.com for more information. Got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. Believe it or not, Independence Day, July 4th, is just, what, a couple of weeks away. Not next weekend, but the follow. It's on a Monday. I think, I think it's a Monday this year. No, it's on a Sunday. I think it's a Sunday. So the official holiday will be Monday. I think that's right. Anyway, um, and so you might have plans for Independence Day. And if I said to you what Independence Day celebrates... Um, I'm guessing many of you would point out that this is when America became an independent nation. Back in 1776, Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, the founders. You would not say founding fathers because you know that that's unnecessarily provocative language. You would say the founders as to not step on any toes until they change what that's supposed to be, what they're supposed to be called besides founders. But you'll you'll follow the protocols here <laughs> to make sure that you don't upset the left. But the Daily Wire here, I tell you what, folks, this is I, – I've seen this. I've had this for a couple of days. But again, trying to just catch up here on things at the end of the week. And I think it's worth worth pointing this out. Headline. Daily Wire, White House to host massive, well, I'm going to skip part of it here, party on 4th of July, an independence party. So you would think, oh, man, sounds like they're going to be celebrating America's independence from, you know, the oppression of a uh, maniacal king and what was described in the Declaration of Independence. Nope. Joe Biden and the Radicals in the White House are celebrating America's independence from the coronavirus. That's right, my friends. President Joe Biden is planning a huge party. I'm reading here in the Daily Wire's article at the White House for the 4th of July, which he wants to declare the national holiday as a day of independence, not from British rule, but from COVID-19. says so that Biden has been pushing this idea for some time. And the Associated Press reported this. The holiday will see the largest event yet of Biden's presidency. He plans to host first responders, essential workers, and military service members on, and their families on the South Lawn for a cookout and to watch fireworks over the National Mall. No problem with that at all. That's that's good. That's the sort of thing that the president should be doing, having folks like that over and celebrating America's freedom from from tyranny but when they send out these emails that's not that's not really what they're celebrating they're not celebrating the independence of this nation they're not celebrating the founding that they won't do that this is precisely what they are against they're against america as as founded they don't like america as founded they apologize for america 
as founded. And no, I'm not even I'm I'm not even including this the slavery part. I get there there are great ideas in our founding documents, life changing ideas in our founding documents. I'm talking about those. I'm talking about those. Biden and the radical left do not like those. They want to radically, fundamentally transform those. Here's the email that went out. Well, no, I'm sorry. There's a before that. There's a um, a quote here from Biden. It says, "By the uh, by, July the fourth, there's a good chance you, your families, and friends will be able to get together in your backyard. Thank you, government, for telling us we can meet with people in our backyards again." Or in your neighborhood, he continues, and have a cookout or and a barbecue. You can have a cookout and a barbecue, says Biden, and celebrate Independence Day. That was back on March 11th when he said this. He continues, that doesn't mean large events with lots of people together. No, 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 can't do that. Uh, that was back in, again in March. But it does mean small groups were able, will be able to get together. And so this email, I just lost with a... Here it is. The email says, this was an email going out to other state and local officials. We welcome you to join us by hosting your own events to honor our freedom. That sounds good. Salute those who have been serving on the front lines. Okay, but that's not really what Independence Day is about. And celebrate our progress in fighting this pandemic. That was the email. That's the White House's celebration of the 4th of July is not Independence and freedom, and liberty, and the things this nation is built upon. It's instead independence from the virus, which I don't even really know entirely what that means. It sounds like we're totally, uh, with, with talks of vaccine passports, it sounds like we're enslaved to the virus to me. But what does that even mean? I don't know. It just sounds good. We got an Independence Day. Hey, Joe, let's just say Independence from the Virus Day. All right. Sounds great. It barely qualifies as superficial. Even people who look at things from a great degree of superficiality have to wonder, what does that independence from the virus even mean? I feel like I feel like everything we've done here has been in direct response to the virus. Everything we do, we have to be vaccinated, wear masks, get yelled at by people if we say that the coronavirus came from the Wuhan lab and all this sort of stuff. But I just wanted to share that here as we approach this holiday in a couple of weeks. But a quick timeout is in order. Sit tight. I should be well advised here to tell you that listening to this program can cause you to lean to the right. So be careful out there this morning while operating heavy machinery and including your vehicle. Heck, even walking down the street. You can, in fact, veer and lean to the right back here in just a minute. My friends, this program brought to you in part by the Scott Veercamp team. Scott Veercamp, he served Indianapolis and the surrounding communities since 1993. That includes Franklin, Greenwood, Fishers, Carmel, Lawrence, Danville, Plainfield, Avon, and many more, even the great area of Monrovia. Scott's a realtor, a friend of mine, does a great job. You know, selling your home is the biggest thing you're probably ever, the you know, financial decision, buying and selling a home that you might, for many people, it's the biggest financial transaction they've ever, that they'll ever have. You want to find someone that knows how to manage that 
and um, deal with that and keep you, you know, to make sure that, that you get the most out of it if you're selling and that you have someone looking out for your needs as you're looking on the market. And I know everyone knows realtors, but it is it is important that you find people that know how, that know how to help um, take care of those needs. In fact, I saw I saw something the other day where somebody somebody purchased something and because the I think a town sold something unintentionally to a buyer in a real estate transaction. A town it was I it was a water tower or something like that. And fortunately the person that bought it gave it back. They didn't they didn't say, Hey, that's what was in the contract. The way that the parcel of land or whatever the property was described. You know, those are horror stories. That could have ended a lot a lot differently. And those are the sorts of things you want to protect yourself against. And so anyway, scottveercamp.com for more information on Scott. Great guy. Really quickly here as we're wrapping up this segment, there's a um, infrastructure bill that's trying to go through the House and Senate. The Democrats couldn't get their version. So now there's a group of Democrats and Republicans that are trying to come up with one together in the Senate. And but when they do this, they risk losing they risk losing some of the radical leftist senators. And I just find this ironic. I want to share it real quickly. This is in a bullet point in the article in an article from CNBC.com. It says that several liberal senators have signaled they could oppose the bipartisan plan, which again supposedly is infrastructure, saying it does not go far enough to fight. Are you ready for this? I think you know this. This is why they can't get the bill passed in the first place. It's not just infrastructure. They are upset that it doesn't go far enough in fighting climate change and income inequality. And it's literally called an infrastructure bill. And this is a bullet point in this article right there for anyone to see. (laughs) Got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. Friends, that is unfortunately all the time we have together here today. But fear not, you can always go and download our podcast for free. I encourage you to do that because who knows what's going to happen to our social media channels and so forth. In fact, I think I do kind of know where that ends, but you can download the Todd Huff Show for free, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, sign up for our free email newsletter. In fact, if you do that really quickly, you'll be in the last drawing here for the Justin Moore concert tickets at Morgan County Fairgrounds, which will be here in a week. I'm going to do that drawing right away and let you know. Check your emails to make sure that uh, you know if you're the winner. Toddhuffshow.com slash subscribe. Have a great weekend, folks. SDGC Monday.